For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject is Torah for all believers. This is part two of the series. James knew the law of Moses. James will encourage Paul in Acts 22 to go to the temple so that everyone will see that he quote-unquote walks orderly and keeping the law. There is a particular teaching in the Torah that stands out emphatically. In fact, Torah teachers refer to it as the quote-unquote heart of the law. It is very near the middle of Leviticus 17 and 18. There are three topics that are addressed to the native-born, that is the Israelis, and to the aliens, that would be Gentiles. They are both native or alien to keep the exact same commandments concerning any practice of idolatry. In particular, they are only to worship the Lord in the way that the Lord specifies. They are not permitted to mix in any way other forms of worship from other religions with the worship of the Lord. Secondly, both the native and the alien are not to eat detestable things, even clean animals that have been strangled whereas their blood has not been vacated from the animal. Finally, Leviticus 18 specifically addressed various forms of sexual perversions that include incest, homosexuality, and bestiality. Again, the commandments is given to the native-born as well as the alien. Torah teachers, in parentheses, especially those from Judaism, will tell you that these are essentials. No person committing these transgressions may participate in any way with the worship of the Lord. The question in Acts 15 addresses what should be instructed to the Gentile believers. The answer is what are essential to be a part of any Jewish assembly. The final statement by James removes any doubt about this interpretation by encouraging every Gentile believer to seek out the instruction of Moses offered in every city on every Sabbath. Acts chapter 15 verse 21. In other words, the Gentiles in the faith are to begin with the essentials of the law and then be instructed in the Torah of Moses on a weekly basis. Oh my, how churchmen have gotten this all turned around. As I have visited many brethren and congregations in my ministry, I have asked how many have ever heard the letter to the Gentiles taught and shown the direct parallel to Leviticus 17 and 18. The answer has been, quote unquote, none. How is that possible? It is clear 
clearly in the Bible? The answer is simple. The church has already taken a position against the teaching of the Torah. Why would they point out the opposite teaching to their position? But now let's examine why the early Messianic Jewish leaders have followed suit with the churchmen. I think there are two reasons. Number one, they don't know what the Torah really teaches about the Gentiles or aliens. Number two, they want the favor of Christian leaders to support their agenda for exclusive Messianic Judaism. Now let's examine what the Torah really says about Gentiles in the faith. Do you remember that earlier we said physical descendancy is not the path to being in the heritage of Abraham? It is not the ticket into God's house. Many are physically born Israel, but only the quote-unquote children of promise are considered to be the quote-unquote remnant of Israel. Paul says that the quote-unquote remnant of Israel includes those from Jerusalem, that would be the house of Judah, and those from among the Gentiles, that would be the house of Israel, or the ten tribes. In Romans chapter 9 verse 24, even us whom he has called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. The remnant of Israel includes the children of promise from the Jews and the children of promise from among the Gentiles. But they are all part of the same children of promise. That would be the remnant of Israel. What is God's plan for mankind? In particular, when God gave the Torah to Israel, what part does it play in his great plan for everyone? And finally, how does the Messiah and the Torah work together leading to his kingdom? First, God wants all of mankind to enjoy his blessings and live. He commanded all men to quote-unquote to be fruitful and to multiply, unquote. He quote-unquote blessed his creation, all of it, including the Sabbath. Of course, what's being referred here is Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. This was before the law was given to Moses and the children of Israel. Through Abraham, he promised to establish his family to be a blessing for quote-unquote all the families of the earth. He promised a miracle son born to him, representing the miracle son for all the families of the earth. Abraham prophesied to all of us that God would provide quote-unquote a lamb in that place where Isaac was to be offered to God. Abraham's heritage was carried to the next generation in Isaac from him to Jacob and from Jacob to his children. Along the way God also asserted a foundational truth concerning his chosen people. The promises of God, the heritage of Abraham, the great plan of God's people is not defined by being physically born. Instead there is is a much more powerful element that constitutes being a recipient of his blessing and membership in his house. Consider this biblical fact. Abraham's firstborn Ishmael did not receive what was intended by God for Isaac through Abraham and Sarah. Isaac's firstborn of the flesh, Esau, did not receive the blessing because of the prophecy given to his mother concerning his brother Jacob. Jacob's firstborn Reuben did not receive the blessing intended for Joseph, the firstborn of his beloved wife, Rachel. Even Joseph's firstborn, Manasseh, was designated to be after Ephraim. And still further, the firstborn of all Israel were substituted by God. God has always designated his firstborn to be those whom he chooses, who are promised, prophesied, favored, chosen, and appointed. The Apostle Paul says that anyone who is of the Messiah, including Gentile believers, is of the seed of Abraham. Does anyone who is a believer 
father of the Messiah is a part of the remnant of Israel and a part of, quote-unquote, all Israel. The apostle taught exactly what we have covered in Romans 9 through 11, referring to the, quote-unquote, children of promise as being the remnant of Israel. But let's examine the Torah itself, the commandments of God given at Mount Sinai to the children of Israel. Did God given this exclusivity to the physical descendants of Jacob? The answer is no. The people at Mount Sinai were a quote-unquote mixed multitude. Exodus chapter 12, verse 37. They were physical descendants of Jacob, and there were others included. Who were the others? They were other slaves who were set free, and there were others who saw God's hand in Egypt and believed in him, even some Egyptians. Did God say to Moses, quote-unquote, Now Moses, separate out for me two peoples. On my right hand, place the physical descendants of Jacob, who will one day be called Jews. To them I will give the Torah with Sabbath and festivals. And on the other hand, gather all the future non-Jews who will receive grace and two commandments. Love God and everyone else. It didn't happen that way. Instead, God said through Moses for all people to be gathered. Let the world hear this loud and clear. When it came to Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when the Messiah would offer himself as the Lamb of God, God instructed us to keep the Passover this way. From Exodus chapter 12, verse 19. Seven days there shall be no leaven found in your houses. For whoever eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is an alien or a native of the land. He also said that everyone, even the alien, is to be circumcised in the heart to eat the Passover. Numbers chapter 9, verse 14 says, And if an alien sojourns among you and observes the Passover to the Lord, according to the statute of the Passover, and according to its ordinance, so he shall do. You shall have one statute, both for the alien and for the native of the land. Gentile believers are commanded to observe Passover. The law also specifies the observance of Yom Kippur. Leviticus chapter 16 verse 29 says, And this shall be a permanent statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall humble your souls and not do any work, whether the native or the alien who sojourns among you. Here is what the Torah says for the general assembly. Anyone who wants to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This comes from Numbers chapter 15, verses 14 through 16. And if an alien sojourns with you, or one who may be among you throughout your generations, and he wishes to make an offering by fire as a soothing aroma to the Lord, just as you do, so he shall do. As for the assembly, there shall be one statute for you and for the alien who sojourns with you, a perpetual statute throughout your generations. As you are, so shall the alien be before the Lord. There shall be one law and one ordinance for you and one for the alien who sojourns with you. Gentile believers are invited to make sacrifices and worship with Israel, but they must follow the law of Moses to do it. God always intended for Gentiles to be welcome in his temple. Isaiah states it this way, Isaiah chapter 56, verses 6 through 8. Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servant, everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath, and hold fast my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God, who gathers the dispersed of Israel, declares, yet others I 
will gather to them to those already gathered. Yeshua quoted this verse from Isaiah when he threw the money changers out of the temple courtyard. The Torah and the prophets do not exclude the Gentiles. They never did. It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who did that. But today it is churchmen who say the Torah is not for everyone. But as James wrote in the letter to the Gentiles, the Torah addresses eating detestable things and sexual perversion. This is, of course, from Acts chapter 15. Referring back to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 12, which says, Therefore I say to the sons of Israel, No person among you may eat blood, nor may any alien who sojourns among you eat blood. And then from Leviticus chapter 18, verse 26, it is written, But as for you, you are to keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not do any of these abominations, neither the native nor the alien who sojourns among you. The definition for blasphemy comes from the Torah. It is the same definition for Gentiles. Leviticus chapter 24 verse 16 says, Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregations shall certainly stone him. The alien, as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. Numbers chapter 15 verse 30. But the person who does anything defiantly, whether he is native or any alien, alien, the one is blaspheming the Lord, that person shall be cut off from among his people. The definition for clean and unclean is the same for Gentiles according to the law. Numbers chapter 19 verse 10. And the one who gathers the ashes of the heaven and unclean shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. And it shall be a perpetual statute to the sons alien who sojourns among them. When it comes to tort justice, the law of damages and restitution, the Torah is also used for Gentiles. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 16 says, Then I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the cases between your fellow countrymen, and judge righteously between a man and his fellow countrymen, or the alien who is with him. Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 17, You shall not pervert the justice due an alien or an orphan, nor take a widow's garment in pledge. What about the blessings of God? Does the Torah provide the blessings if a Gentile keeps the Torah? Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 11, And you and the Levite and the alien who is among you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you in your household. Does the Torah instruct Israel to teach the Torah to all people. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 12. Assemble the people, the men and the women and the children, and the alien who is in your town, in order that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Where did we get the idea that the Torah should not be taught to Gentiles? Obviously from men who didn't want to keep the Torah and who don't know what it teaches. Let's go back to the letter to the Gentiles and examine what it means with the Torah definition of the essentials. We are to not mix any idolatrous ritual or activity in the worship of the Lord. Can we, for example, mix the ancient pagan ritual of fertility by symbolizing eggs? No. What if we color them and make them fun for our kids? No. What if we emphasize the resurrection of the Messiah? No. Can we cut down an evergreen tree and bring it into our houses and decorate it? 
No. Jeremiah says that this is an act of idolatry. Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, it is written, For the customs of the people are delusion, because it is wood cut from the forest, the work of the hands of a craftsman with a cutting tool. They decorate it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, so that it will not totter. I know that Gentile Christians are not purposely setting up an idol when they bring a Christmas tree into their home. I am convinced that there is nothing in their heart to mix paganism with their faith in God. But their actions override their intentions when they get on their knees in front of it to get the blessings. That's referring to getting a present from the Christmas tree. Then there is no question about it being an idolatrous act. That is what Jeremiah was talking about. The letter to the Gentiles clearly states that we are to instruct all Gentiles to abstain from things contaminated by idols. If Christmas trees don't qualify for this, then the letter to the Gentiles is meaningless today and there is no such thing as idolatry and delusions. I don't think that it is meaningless. I just think that some people are deluded. That is why all people need the Torah. Messiah warned that in the last days there would be those mixing other forms of worship to cause a stumbling to the sons of Israel. He reminded us of the story of Balaam and Balak. There is not one shred of difference today when a person says we can observe Christmas and Easter in our faith. It is the teeth of Balaam. Yeshua said he wanted that corrected before he returns. The letter to the Gentiles state that they are to abstain from fornication, in parentheses, all forms of sexual perversion. We live in a generation and world where homosexuality has become rampant. No longer is it in the closet or behind closed doors. There is a clear public agenda to promote tolerance of this alternative lifestyle. It is permissible for our brothers to take part in our congregations if they are homosexual? No. What if they are in Gentiles? No. What if a man or a woman is an open idolater? No. What if he is incestuous? No. What about a pedophile? No. The letter to the Gentiles state that there is no instance or no tolerance for these behaviors. The Torah is very explicit about these activities. The letter to the Gentiles states that Gentile believers are not to eat any animal that is strangled or full of blood. That means that the Torah definition of what is food, clean and unclean, is for the Gentile as well. Does that mean that Gentile believers can eat pork? No. Can they consume shellfish? No. Do they have to use the same definition of clean and unclean that is taught in the Torah? Yes. What if they want to say alcoholic beverages such as wine and strong drink are forbidden by God? No. They are to keep the same list of what is clean and unclean or kosher as the rest of God's people. There's one law for all. What about all the other commandments and instructions of the law? What about circumcision? What about Sabbath and festivals or sacrifices and the temple? They are all answered in the Torah. They should be taught the Torah. This is what the letter to the Gentiles or Acts 15 says. Today, we have some Messianic Jewish teachers telling Gentile believers not to keep the commandments of the Lord, that the Torah should not be taught to all people. They defend their position by stating that the Torah was never intended for them. They are flat wrong. The Torah says otherwise. Some of these brethren shift gears arguing that the Messiah changed things and that the emphasis is not on the Torah and commandments anymore. Every good Jew knows that one of the greatest prophecies of the Messiah is from Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. The Torah will go forth out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. It is said that the Messiah is to teach the Torah to everyone in the world. The whole world will know the Lord and keep his ways. No 
no man will have to be told to know the Lord, because every man will know the Lord. This is what the prophet said. This is what Yeshua came teaching and doing. How can a Messianic believer who proclaims that Yeshua is the Messiah go around like the Gentile church telling believers not to learn the Torah? As brethren of the Messiah, aren't we supposed to do what the Messiah says and does? Didn't Moses tell everyone to take a bath or a mikvah before hearing the Torah? Didn't Messiah instruct us to go into all nations and teach them what we had been taught and to mikvah or to baptize them as well? That is Torah. Didn't the Messiah instruct us to do exactly the same thing? The answer is yes. The Torah says that the commandments are given for the native and the alien and the assembly of faith. It further states that every seven years the whole law is to be read to all people of the Lord including men, women, children, and aliens or Gentile believers. The letter to the Gentiles specifically states that Gentile believers are to be taught exactly what is taught in the Torah with regard to idolatry, sexual behaviors, and kosher. The Messiah stated that anyone teaching those in his flock that any commandment is annulled will be least in the kingdom. Yeshua said that if you love him, keep his commandments. The commandments are in the Torah. All of the apostles kept the law, from Peter, James, and John to Paul. Any person suggesting to you that Paul taught otherwise, consider this. If Paul did as they argued, then Paul will be least in the kingdom and should not be listened to any further. That would mean his letters are not worthy of being called scripture. However, Paul did not teach against the law as is rumored in the New Testament. The confusion stems from the teaching of the Pharisees which Paul took great issue with. The Messiah did the same. But if Paul did keep the law and Christians argued that he was against the law, then something has to be amiss with the latter teachers. That is what the Apostle Peter was referring to when he spoke of such men. He said of those using Paul's arguments against the Torah as, this is from 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 16, as also in all his, Paul's letters, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, that would be the Torah and the prophets, to their own destruction. For those who would argue that the gospel is freedom from the law, consider this. The good news is that we are free from the penalty of the law for having transgressed the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. All have sinned or transgressed the law. Yeshua is the payment for the penalty, not the end of the law. Therefore, he did not make the law go away, nor the possibility of sin to go away. He is just the payment for the sin, and we are to teach all believers to cease from sinning, that is, to not transgress the law. To do that, we must teach the law to all people. There is only one viable conclusion from this question about the Torah and Gentiles. This is really not up for debate. Some issues require personal judgment. There is not one of them. Some issues require personal judgment. This is not one of them. There is no theological weasel room here. Stop listening to men explain God and his commandments. Start listening to God's voice from the mountain. God has clearly stated his commandments and they include the commandments to instruct every person, including the aliens, that would be Gentiles, in the Torah. Teaching the seven laws of Noah for the Gentiles is the teaching of the Pharisees which the Messiah took direct issue with. There is no other alternative according to 
God. Therefore, let God be found true and any man teaching something different as a liar. The Torah should be taught to all people, period. End of article. I pray that this article, which was very good, very detailed, straight to the point, is a blessing and an encouragement to you. And it will further help you to understand your faith and walk in Yeshua as the Messiah. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, Is Torah for All Believers? Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.